So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast is about to show just how much editing goes on in an episode. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of editing. All there's of this is going. This is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Me saying this now yeah. won't make it in. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that always thought Sebastian Vettel was a pain in the neck. It was definitely a love bite. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that still can't believe that people will actually pay to watch this shit. <laughs> of course, that's not referring to you guys. That's the, that's the poor dumb fucks who have signed up to Liberty's Formula One TV this year. Yeah. Idiot. 20 quid for nothing. <laughs> it is you. <laughs> I'm Tigres, and today from the exhibit in Ballon, we are going to talk about the British Grand Prix in front of a live audience. Whee! Nigel Mansell used to say that the home crowd gave him two tenths, so expect this episode to be two tenths of a second shorter than usual. So, right <laughs> So Raikkonen punted off Hamilton, Grosjean punted off Sainz, there were safety cards and then Mercedes messed up Bottas' strategy and hands a win to Vettel. Plus there's news of McLaren's continuing demise, points for everyone and yet another young driver to replace Brendan Hartley. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who is a year older and a year wiser. It's Phil Troman. There's no question mark in that sentence. Why did you put that? Sorry, exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was my birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Phil. With two L's. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Not forty. I'm not forty. Um, had a birthday, booked to, booked to go out for a nice steak dinner, but realised it was also the evening of the England game on Tuesday. Oh. And literally, in 90, 93 minutes gone, we were preparing to, to head out straight to the restaurant, and then Columbia scored, so I had to cancel my dinner reservation. <laughs> which is a great shame. It's not a great story, but it's true. <laughs> we, can, we can put some laughter in there if you want. <laughs> and alongside him is a man who hung out with Seal yesterday. It's Terry Saunders. Yeah, I'm sick of all your celebrity stories going, oh, I've met so-and-so, so-and-so. Uh, me and Seal yesterday, like that. I should say, Where? Not, not the Seal. Uh, it was... It was some seals. I went to. <laughs> I went seal watching in Essex. That was uh, a bizarre day. Is that where uh, he lives now? So we got a little boat, right? A little little boat takes like this guy. That's like ten of us in the boat, and the guy doing the whole kind of seal tour thing. You know, he knows his stuff, but he's also 
the most depressing bleakest tour guide I've ever had. Like he says, all right, we've got our first seal here, and he kind of stops the boat. We all get our binoculars out, and he's over there. And he sees see that seal on, on her own over there. It's like, yeah. Well, she's on her own because there's a fishing wire cutting into her neck, <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be dead within the week. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Fourteen quid well spent. And then we go off further on, and he's just like, oh yeah, because there was there's fifty. So we're on this bank. There's like fifty seals. It's an amazing view. It's like in Walton on the Nays in Essex. I, lo I love it. But then he just kind of goes, ah, oh, there was there was one more seal yesterday but I saw it this morning and it had a big gut and he said he turned to me and just went excuse me young man can I just point out on your back where the gash was on this <laughs> I think it had been hit by a propeller and it's just like this big gash like, and it was there I was going to get help but now it's not there it must have died and it's just like great and at the end he's like so can you just sign a petition to help the seals and I'm like I think I think it's you mate Jesus Christ well Chica what have you been up to um, well, I actually had food poisoning all this week, Yay. so um, there's been a lot of use of uh, the toilet and the mop bucket, so um, <laughs> not a great week. Are we talking mop bucket by the bed? <clears throat> mop bucket by the With bed. With the mop in it still? Uh, what, the mop poised for use. Um, so I haven't really got any stories other than I lost my purse. No, my phone. I lost my phone <laughs> at work. Purse, phone. Also. Well, I had my cards in it I left it I lost it at work and uh, I was causing a massive fuss as per getting everyone to look everywhere sent an all-staffer then I went to eat where I'd earlier bought a coffee and I'm not being paid to say that and uh, they were like somebody's left a phone here I thought, oh thank god it's mine um, but it wasn't it was someone else's in a similar case so I was like oh it's my they've got mine all this stuff I was like ringing them every five minutes like, has the person come back and um, eventually I'd found it after the all-staffer next to my desk. Um, but then re <laughs> realised I'd also cancelled all my cards. <laughs> so, not Was great. just in a mop bucket floating. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start by disintegrating our front suspension after braking and slide wildly out of control into the crash barriers located on the outside of Listener's Corner. The question time gig is up for grabs, and I see this as my audition. So first, Paul Hinton. Yeah, what is your question, please? Uh, so uh, first, was question. it uh, another bad strategy call for Mercedes, not going onto the soft tyres, even though I was in the toilet when it happened. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I came back to find out what happened. So but, was Toto Wolf, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it now turns out they hadn't got any new soft tyres, but yeah, was it a bad call from Mercedes not to go on soft tyres under the safety car? I just don't get it. I don't know what's going on. Surely Toto Wolf... They should Wolf, have learned. Did should they have any soft tyres left? That would I be mean, the question details, Phil, details. Okay. Um, but he should have it tattooed on his arm, Toto Wolf, now. Like, safety car, pit stop. Like, yeah. everyone else pitted, not them. And now I'm just getting to that thing where you go, well, they must have computers and clever people that know more than we do. And yet they don't... They I mean, you can you to. can sort of see why they went for the risk because if they because everybody else pitted as well so if they'd have pitted they just have sort of stayed where they were and they took this mad gamble that if you know could they make the tires last to the end of the race the answer was no not really but you can kind of see why they went for it if they'd have pitted where would they have where have they ended up would they would they have beaten would they have overtaken well, at the Bottas end? probably would have done better. I mean, yeah, but that's part of the course this year, isn't it? That's, that's, that's almost part of it. Like, what's the worst thing we can do with Bottas? <laughs> Just put a banana, put one of Lewis's nanas in his uh, exhaust. That's, oh, a, let's not that's a rap that reference. <laughs> so Graham is next. Graham. Uh, yeah, so do you see a difference between what Kimi did on Hamilton for 10 seconds versus what Vettel did on uh, Bottas a few races ago for five seconds? It's so almost, almost identical actions, but quite different penalties. 
good a, point. That's a, a good point. Yeah, it was five point. seconds. Wasn't well, it? yeah, it's a it's a point we we made when we were watching it. Didn't we? It was yeah, like, we yeah, did. hang on, didn't? I yeah, think. I definitely made that point. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, on the face of it, yeah, I don't see why Raikkonen got ten. I happen to think that ten was probably a fair punishment, but I think Vettel should have got ten last week whenever it was I think it should be they, they get held back at the next pit stop until the guy they hit goes past the pits then they get released so it doesn't matter if it's 5 seconds 10 seconds or 30 they have to hold him in the pit stop until Lewis Hamilton goes past and go there that's what you get for cheating yeah, do they have to say that to them they have to say <laughs> there on the, on the that's radio. what you get for a big a big virtual graphic comes up like a big red star saying that's what you get Jesus never prosper <laughs> next question is from Becca um, if Raikkonen loses a seat next year, should his new job be to drive a car that crashes at random points in the race to help keep it interesting? Yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> should be if, the, if, if there's a crash, you bring out the safety car. If the race is getting boring, you bring out the Kimi car. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, big clown wheels on. <laughs> it just goes around and, and, and there'll be confetti. Yeah, and, yeah. and it'll just come out and go. Yeah, I drive as hard as I could, but it was really hard. <laughs> Every now and again, Maldonado guest driving. Imagine the guest drivers you could have. Yeah, that'd be, be amazing. Great. You'd it? have Maldonado, you'd have Villeneuve coming in, and he'd just be there at the back going, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> Stroll could have a go, see what a real car I feels mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, next up, a question from Matthew Restaino. With Zach Brown saying it's going to be two to ten years for McLaren to get back to the front, do you think it's time for Alonso just to call it quits and leave F1? Oh, we've been saying that for years, haven't we? <laughs> I mean, he's going to stick around forever. He's going to be, he'll just be him left on some like archaeological site of Silverstone. Like, we found some kind of racetrack and he'll be there going, it's the best race I've ever done. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, in one way, it feels good that they've, McLaren have finally stopped this bullshit of like, we're going to have a podium next year and realise they've got a problem. But also, that was pretty obvious four years ago. And why has it taken them this long to come around to it? I don't know. But I don't, it's weird that Alonso seems to have brought people along. The people who are now in charge of McLaren are like long-time Alonso allies. And then there was a really curious interview where he was going, oh, no, it's th there's nothing to do with me. It's not because of me uh, that they've, they've come along. But uh, apropos of nothing, the team did ask my advice, and I did say, you better hire these people or I'm out of here. So it's, it's a strange one. For anyone who didn't hear this week, they have completely reshuffled things, or they are in the process of completely reshuffling stuff at McLaren. Boulier's gone, answering the question that we asked repeatedly of how does he still has a job. He doesn't now. Did he, he resign? Was he pushed? I mean, I think he They was, say he resigned. Yeah, but in that kind of way of like... You faked know, his suicide. Yeah, if, we, if, if you don't resign. Yeah. Faked, I mean, it's not quite that dark. <laughs> Your choices are, this might seem like a weird set of choices, but you can either resign or you'll be dead tomorrow. <laughs> I don't really want to see Alonso go in some ways because a, he is such adorable. a good driver. Well, well, is he though? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a very good driver, but the reason he keeps getting in shitty cars, by all accounts, seems to be because he's a bit of an ass. He's a total bellend, a charismatic <laughs> bellend. <laughs> and it would be a shame if he goes because he's definitely, you know, he's. I mean, he should have four or five world championships, really. Uh, um, yeah, but so should I. Ten, <laughs> anyway, with my skill, I do think that once Alonso quits, that's McLaren's last chance of still pretending to be a top team like, even though they're clearly not there it's like that you're not going to get a decent driver at Williams and I think once once Alonso's gone they're not going to get a decent driver at McLaren but what about when they change the management how long do you reckon that'll take 
to have an effect. Two to ten seasons. <laughs> Which was great because Zach Brown made that comment and then I saw an interview with him and he was just like, you know, when you just kind of talk, you know, out of hand to the press who write down every word accurately and repeat it back to you. I mean, I didn't mean ten years. I just mean it could take ten years. Oh, my God, it's going to take ten years. Oh, shit. Ah, he's killed himself now. They're all gone. <laughs> if he does go to IndyCar, presumably if he stays with McLaren, they'll have the whole... Honda engine because the IndyCar only has like three, two or three. Apparently, McLaren Indy is off, according to Joe Sayworld. He thinks it's off, and also because Alonso is contracted to Toyota yeah. to do his silly Le Mans shit, then you can't be contracted to Honda, Honda and Toyota, Toyota at yeah. the same time. So that Honda are saying, no, you can't have one of our cars in Indy. But so then I, I mean, I said a few weeks ago, I think any IndyCar team would probably want him. I know, but it isn't this isn't this typical of Alonso that he's in this position where he can have an IndyCar built around him because he's so shit at contractual stuff. He's going, oh, what, the best engine won't have me? Oh, shit. <laughs> I've done it again. He's <laughs> fucked everybody off. So we've got a question now from Charles Massad. 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 Um, who says F1 is only followed by men? Our audience today was 75% white men, 20% women, and 5% dog. Who wrote that? <laughs> Who wrote that? Point. The dog? <laughs> Where is the dog? The dog's gone. The dog's gone. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, well, it's good. We've got, we've got a lot of people there. It's nice. You've, you've all come. There's a, we've got a diverse set. I mean, yeah, yeah mainly very white, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you all. Yeah, we've not done that well. But, you know, baby steps. No, no grand no, either. Yeah. Which has no been very good for the gin budget. But thanks for coming. Yeah, really appreciate it. And if you've got any diverse friends. <laughs> <laughs> so our final question comes from Adrian Lovell. Do you think Drive of the Day should be have a driver championship points value as a better alternative engagement forum versus Formula E's fan boost? No, because... Driver of the day is stupid because you have to vote for it before the end of the race. So if they could sort out driver of the day in some way, then maybe. But at the moment, it's so arbitrary. Like somebody could literally take out ten cars on the last lap and conceivably still win driver of the day. Also, I the other uh, France Sebastian Vettel won driver of the day yeah. despite taking out yeah, second place. Did he? Oh, Lewis got it, did he? All right, well, you can edit that out, Matt. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, well, for entertainment value, if they took out the last ten cars. That would get my driver of the day, yeah. A boring race. Because then, then you could encourage drivers to be like, well, I'm, I'm out of the points. I may as well try and do something. Here we go. Somersault. Way. Um, <laughs> stunt, stunt of the day, I think. Would no, be I, think they should be, I think they should be. I think you should get points for qualifying positions, fastest pit stops, most entertaining radio message, you know, the most famous person you got on the grid to support you. You know, you could just make it like into a real kind of top trumps of an event. You could have all sorts. You know, just have, you could have best coloured car. <laughs> I mean, really, that would seem to change it every race. Yeah, but then, well, no, but then if you, if you mandated, right, that you can't change the colours of the cars like you have now, like Mercedes a couple of years ago, they could come in with a dominant colour scheme and just take those points Wonderful. every race. Yeah. Difficult as a spectator to know who was who, but. Well, all the cars can be the same colour. <laughs> oh, this year the best colour is red, so we're all red. Point each. <laughs> Some ideas do need thinking through. <laughs> 
So in other news, for weeks now, the future of Daniel Ricciardo has been in question. Will he go to Ferrari, to Mercedes, or will he go to McLaren? Well, no, he's apparently dawdled too long and will be staying at Red Bull. Great negotiating skills, Dan. It seems like you spent so long going, oh, maybe I'll go here, maybe I'll go there. And it's yeah, turned out that all the spaces are now filled and he's basically just them. got to stay at Red Bull now. None of them wanted him anyway. Uh, well, would they? I don't know. He's a decent driver, but it's not an option now. So he's, he's at Red Bull again with a with a Honda engine for next year. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like the best career move. What to do nothing. Well, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? You'd think that someone would have him, but um, maybe he's put his money, his price too high. I do worry a bit that he's going to be a sort of a quite good driver who just hasn't, like this might be an example of him not getting himself into the right seat at the right time. Unless, you know, Honda proves to be amazing next year. Could happen. <laughs> <laughs> might, <laughs> might he just might he just fade a little bit and be another sort of you know a win by fluke every now and again podium every now and again John Lacey yeah. Mark Webber yeah. good one yeah. David Coulthard yeah see he's one of those yeah. he could be any of those drivers he, one day he'll be presenting Channel 4 yeah. Ooh. Channel 4 is just ex-Red Bull drivers <laughs> it is <laughs> it's like Formula E yeah. could another Brit be on his way to F1 Formula 3 driver Dan Tictum is reportedly in the frame to replace Brendan Hartley at Toro Rosso. Tictum is performing very well in F3, but it is perhaps best known for getting a two-year ban from racing in 2015 after deliberately crashing into a rival in an MSA Formula race at Silverstone. The race was under a safety car when Tictum overtook 10 other cars before ramming Ricky Collard. <laughs> he sounds very entertaining. Discuss. Yeah, that would, get, that would get a great driver of the day point in our new system. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very dangerous. Could have killed someone, but oh, there we but go. But didn't, so therefore it's funny. Spiced up a dull yeah, race. Yeah. Get him in there. No, in, in fairness, that was several years ago, and I think he's only young. He's only about 19, 20 now. So he he's was, learned from his he mistakes. Was, he, I have heard an interview with him recently where he does seem to have learn from his mistakes and be genuinely contrite and he is driving quite well but I don't think he's ever going to shake that label of just <laughs> literally a safety car overtaking everyone at full speed smashing into the guy that tussled with him at the start but could he? could he replace Hart Brendan Hartley? well I mean, to be fair Brendan Hartley I mean so it seems like Toro Rosso are desperate to get anybody to replace <laughs> Brendan Hartley or his um, new name Brendan did not startly came in there thank you Finally, you get points, and you get points, and you get points. Everyone gets points. F1 is considering awarding points down to 20th place, according to disgraced former head of Force India, Vijay Malia, which probably means we shouldn't believe it, but apparently this is a genuine suggestion for the big rule changes in 2021. Yeah, uh, they haven't officially announced this, but Vijay Malia sort of said to it, I think he was being interviewed by Autosport, and sort of mentioned that that idea had come up that every points for everybody. Well, we could do Drive of the Day then instead doesn't seem that long since they increased points from was it the top six to top ten I presume it would be like you know if you get 20th you get one point and then if you're top you don't I get a million points or something I don't know what if they deducted points how so just at random <laughs> <laughs> just there's a bit of the track with sensors on but you don't know where it is, and if you drive over it, you lose a point. <laughs> <laughs> that would spice up. Uh, imagine in the Schumacher era where he won the championship in like March, and uh, they just they go, "Oh, sorry, you've got over the the Ferrari pit box. Uh, you've lost ten points." Maybe you do the driver of the day. Maybe you do like the the worst driver of the day, as voted for by the fans during the race, and they lose the points. The day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna add one. I'm gonna add one. There we go. <laughs> 
Do you can tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us or find us on Facebook and Instagram where we're for F1's sake or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Okay, so now time for the teams. We're going to start with Ferrari. It was an amazing start from Vettel. Three seconds on Bottas by lap three and a very good overtake. Raikkonen actually showed emotion at the end. Joke. But he did do an excellent drive, despite the fact he clobbered Hamilton and he got a 10-second penalty, which is very impressive. If it wasn't for the 10 seconds, could he have won? No, I mean, he could have won, but recent past would say he wouldn't have won because he's just not very good anymore. But I got a theory that Raikkonen really likes Martin Brundle. Because when Martin Brunner was interviewing at the end, he was just like really honest and just like, yeah, it's my fault, my bad, all this kind of stuff. And it was with Brundle that he did that I'm just having a shit line years ago. And I think <laughs> I think they just like each other's company. So I think that Martin Brundle should become Kimmy's new race engineer. Ooh. Yeah. This is a bold strategy. Yeah, whilst also commentating for Sky. <laughs> <laughs> what, sort of the equivalent of going to Christian Horner while he's trying to work? Yeah, that thing where Christian Horner's always got 20 minutes every race to talk to everyone else. Just have, just have Brundle going, oh, I'm just going to have a chat with Kimmy now. Well, just has sort of a, a face-mounted mic the whole time he's doing stuff. We just hear everything he says. That would be great. This would be great, actually. This is a brilliant idea. Thanks. And obviously another benefit for Ari is the fact that they pitted during the safety car. Yes. Both cars. Yes. Well, I mean that, and had a really good start, and, and really didn't, and, and one of their drivers punted the other dominant driver off, leaving Vettel to run away with it. But well yeah, done. safety cars as well. So Mercedes Hamilton is the official F1 flounce of the day. He said it was coming home, and it didn't. Hamilton cried sportsmanly. Did he? He did with the towel. He said it was sweat, but it was tears. <laughs> Mercedes got the pitting wrong again. Neither pitted during the safety car, as we said, uh, despite the fact Hamilton told them to. Um, it was a half-hearted job on the podium. Did anyone see it? Hamilton and Vettel were kind of going at it together a bit. Kissing? What, wow. Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever you like to think. <laughs> Let me just take that plaster off. <laughs> oh, no, I've got some toothpaste, actually. <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> I find this interesting when we're watching the race together because at the start there this this audience seems to be about 50-50 in favour of Lewis and against Lewis so just uh, as a cheer were you happy that Lewis got punted off? Yay! And as a cheer were you unhappy he got punted off? Yay! Okay we've got more Ooh, Lewis fans but, oh, did, yeah, yeah. but you non-Lewis fans are more vocal at the start I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I felt for my safety at one point I was like let's go Imagine if Palmer walks in. Red Bull uh, didn't actually see much of Ricardo, uh, but he managed to come home with fourth, which is impressive. Verstappen lost his mind, slash break by wire, and spun on lap 47. He retired a lap later, and I've never seen Terry so smug. <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's not about smugness. It's just about the world correcting itself. <laughs> like we've had a few races where my feeling about him was that he wasn't very good, and he crashed a lot, and he crashed in practice this weekend as well, you know, let's just say golden boy. And, you know, it, it wasn't his fault that his brakes went, or was it? Well, you know, it was a bit hard on him. I don't know if that works. Um, but it just, I would like at the end of this year for it to be exactly half the races he's crashed out of and exactly half that he's done quite well in. And that would cement my idea that he is all right. <laughs> I'm what does everybody else think? Can we have another cheer for Verstappen good, Verstappen bad? Verstappen good. Yay! 
Verstappen, all right. Yeah. Okay, fairly apathetic. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Verstappen bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and subvert your dodgy <laughs> polling data. Like I am pretty. <laughs> Leave.eu. Oh, I've got the Russians in here. Come on. I'm pretty right. confident that everybody in this room cheered for Verstappen bad, despite having also cheered for Verstappen good and all right. He's confusing. He's a conflicted character. He's only young. <laughs> One day he'll learn. going through things. Let's go to Renault. Hulkenberg gained five places at the start, which was unexpected. Heinz and Grosjean crashed. Signs threw his gloves into the crowd after he got out of the car. Like who, Terry? Nigel Mansell in 1990. This year, this week even, Formula One official uh, YouTube account put up a video about the 1990 British Grand Prix. And there was a bit where Nigel Mansell got out of the car and threw his gloves in the crowd to the bit of crowd that I was stood at only five minutes before my fucking dad moved us away because it was boring. I could have been on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, that was embarrassing. Got anything else to say about Renault? Or we they were all right. Too angry about Nigel Mansell. Yeah. Science looked a bit rubbish all weekend, really. He never seemed to be quite with it. But Hockenberg was looking good, I thought. Yeah. Kept him, kept himself to himself. Good result. Bleached his hair. Did he, he is bleached his hair. I followed him on Instagram. He bleached his hair the other week. Wow. Hockenberg, yeah. But if, if that's what we're resorting to, it's not a great race. <laughs> Force India. So despite watching all of that race, uh, except a quick drink run where my new card got declined, <laughs> I don't really remember what, much of what Force India did. Um, Perez spun on the first lap. Ocon came in eighth. Anything else? I mean, that spin of Perez on the first lap where he ended up <laughs> facing the pit exit and the car was coming out the pit exit from the start of the race. I mean, that was terrifying. You know, that, <laughs> if he hasn't got a, a shitty bum after that, <laughs> no matter how brave you are as a racing driver, if you're facing the wrong way down the pits and a car's coming, that is brown trouser time, surely. We could also imagine if you're one of the drivers starting from the pit lane, because there were three drivers starting from the pit lane this race, and you're like, Right, they've gone, let's go! And you come flying out a bit and then suddenly in comes Perez sideways right across in front of you. I mean, that's a, that's a <laughs> good so way to be introduced to the track. Before you're even on the track. Driver of the day. Uh, <laughs> there you go, that's what you'd need. Oh, yeah, that will be Raikkonen just coming on going, hey! Toro Rosso hardly had a massive crash in Q3 when his front suspension completely failed at 200 miles an hour. But he was fine. Last time we saw that was with Boemi and another Toro Rosso. Although he lost both front wheels. Hartley started in the pit lane and retired on lap three. What is the point? He is not having a good time of it, is he? That's Poor not his fault, Hartley. though. Well, isn't it? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it Bad luck happens to those who deserve it, was a well-known phrasal saying. <laughs> <laughs> what your, your, from, dad, your dad said as he led you away from Nigel Mansell. Please <laughs> <laughs> With his new wife, so I didn't say that bit. Is that the kind of awkward laughter that Hartley is going to be getting just whenever he goes into the Torah? I mean, they clearly want rid of him. There's barely a week goes by where there's not rumours of a new driver to replace him. He's having the worst luck. I don't think we've seen him do anything that bad that's actually his fault. He's not been brilliant, but I mean, I can't think of any major fuck up. He just keeps, he just seems to be completely woeful. Imagine being him coming into work and they're like, oh, have you heard he's going to replace you now? That guy who crashed into me runs the safety car. That's how <laughs> shit you are. The guy who literally can't drive is doing better than you. Gasly, did he get a point in the end? Yeah. Yep. He got a point. Yeah. Gasly got a point. There we go. Well done. Sauber. We had such high hopes for Sauber. Leclerc qualified ninth, which was pretty awesome. Then he retired on lap 20 just after a pit stop. There was a big crash by Ericsson on lap 33. Who brings out the safety car? It was a big crash by Ericsson. I mean, that really... This was the whole DRS open round cops. 
thing they, that happened did, this weekend, wasn't it? Did they say whether he was okay? Yeah, he got out and okay. sort of staggered away. He could walk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was quite interesting Drunk. this weekend. I, I must have missed the build-up to this at some point, but when did they start having DRS zones through massive corners? Today. Was that the first time? <laughs> Friday, Because yeah. I, I think I like it. It's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Them saying, oh, we'd have to stop this next year. It's like, no, this is for a car, for, for when, you know, men and boys and all that bullshit about <laughs> heroics in Formula 1 it's like actually if you can have a corner that if you do well you'll get thrown the corner and if you don't do well it will throw you into the barrier that is what Formula 1 yeah. should be yeah. 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 make it hard it was pretty awesome I mean, they, I mean they were doing about 190 miles an hour around that corner with, with the flap open and as Ericsson showed when it goes wrong, it goes very wrong indeed. And he wasn't the first person to go off there this weekend either. No, and it helped for the race. Did. Without a safety car. Although it did make me realise that the gravel trap did nothing. Hey! Oh. The two has cards made sweet, sweet love on lap one, and then Grosjean decided to ask signs if he wanted to join in. But Carlos opted just to watch. It's a bit of a did you write that one, Terry? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> it's overtly sexual. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um... Crochon was looking all right most of the weekend until he crashed into science and sent them both into the, into the barrier. Um, on the radio, he said, he turned into me. <laughs> no, you, you slid sideways into him. Yeah. I love it when they say that, like, no one else can see. Yeah. <laughs> he, turned, he turned into the corner that everybody was turning into. It's like punching someone and going, he just put his face on my fist. <laughs> Williams. Williams was so bad at the home of British Motorsport that Liberty was tempted to cover up the car with one of their virtual screens showing Nigel Mansell. <laughs> they were dead last, and their aero is efficient as Enron. Wow. Good Pretty reference. Bad. Pretty yeah. dated reference like Nigel Mansell. Um, <laughs> they were all over the place, just even, even more so than usual. And they, they had all, even through practice, was it aero stalls apparently caused Stroll yeah, to go off in qualifying. Both of them went off in qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so apparently when the DRS shuts and reconnects, it's something with aero, none of us understands. It's, it's a black magic. None of us pretend it makes any sense. But um, it totally loses all grip on the car. Like You think this is a very complicated subject, but you think that bit would be easy to go, let's not have the grip totally disappear. Yeah, let's have at least some grip. Let's just keep some grip yeah, in the yeah. bank. You know, let's just not splash all our grip everywhere. Let's just have a bit of grip. <laughs> You'd think, you'd think you, you'd, you'd have engineers good enough to understand when there's going to be grip and when there's not, even if they can't exactly work out how much. Like, none seems a lot not to have. They, they, <laughs> just, they just look at the car. What is this sorcery? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does seem that way. I mean, they were just terrible. They were so f I mean, they did finish the race, so that's something. You know, something. Um, but they were both last and by quite a way despite the fact that there were two safety cars for them to catch up. And this was their update they brought to fix the car. Great. Well done, Williams. <laughs> McLaren. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see much of the McLarens during the race, but Alonso somehow came home in eighth. Uh, he was likely helped by a number of retirements. Van Dorm was in 12th, and to be honest, uh, I don't know about you guys, we're pretty bored of him now. So basically, they're still rubbish, and Alonso is making them look slightly respectable. 
I mean, respectable Harrop. By finishing in the points, respectable. But by being a total dick in interviews, he's losing. I mean, for a while, Alonso has that kind of, oh, isn't he cheeky? Oh, isn't he funny? Then he's kind of go, I'm just bored of him. I'm just, after qualifying, he did this whole rant about how that was his best qualifying ever. Oh, did he? That's unusual. Yeah, and he <laughs> qualified 13th, and he was like, that's the best I've ever done. It feels like the best one. And like even the Autosport report kind of went, he said it was the best qualifying ever, despite qualifying ahead of that position four times this year. <laughs> um and Van Dorn, oh, I already just remember today, he's got a car number of two, which probably was a hilarious <laughs> joke when he signed up for that, but now it just makes it look a bit pathetic, seeing the number two car yeah. trancing around at the back. He's not going to be there next year, is he? Oh, God, I don't know. Would, I anyone, just... I mean, would anyone take Van Dorn? Is there any benefit to having Van Dorn in your team, do you think? He'd be Other all right. Having driven some cars. He'd be all right in a Sauber or something. Well, I suppose if Leclerc goes to Ferrari, Williams need somebody. Next year, Williams will be Van Dorn and... Stroll, obviously. I'm not sure if that's better or worse than Sirotkin, but it's worse. So all of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Oh, cool. Obviously, there's another sporting event happening at the moment. And obviously, I'm not allowed to sing. I know. I I mean, if if you want me to. (laughs) (laughs) So this is my um, version of Three Lions for Formula One. So... In first place is one finger in the air, um, or one plaster on his neck, uh, metal. Three lines on the shirt, or one flounce in the pits. Uh, third place, six months on his contract, then he goes home, that's <laughs> Raikkonen. One night on the toilet, that's Daniel Ricciardo after the shoey thing. Although he hasn't had a shoey for a while now, has he? Three rabbit's feet on the belt, that's Bottas. Just anything to get some luck. He's <laughs> just, you know, voodoo dolls, everything. Um, Nine balls in my mouth. That's, uh, <laughs> obvious. And no, an odd number as well. That's impressive. <laughs> I realise that. That's either someone who's gone through a procedure or uh, it's just there's just a maximum amount you can have in before one pops out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Twelve years in the wilderness. That's Fernando Alonso. 148 races without a podium. Oh, poor Hulkenberg with his bleached hair. One tyre used in the race. That's Perez, he's just got one tyre these days. That's what he doesn't even bother with a set of four. It's just the one. 600 teeth in my mouth. That's Ocon, he's got a very big smile. Um, two eyes in his head. I'm getting desperate. That's Gasly. Gasly has beautiful eyes. You can't, uh, beautiful big round eyes that when you stare at them, you just go, how can I not? Round um, eyes. One Clark on the Charles Le Clark. It's like the Clark one Clark. Oh. <laughs> Stoffel on the Ruffle. Two point seven billion dollars in the bank. <laughs> it's Lance Stroll. I actually looked up his family's fortune. <clears throat> one safety car from me. Uh, oh, Grosjean. Every car in the wall. <laughs> Brendan Hartley. Three wheels on his car. <laughs> oh. And Sirokin. No points. He doesn't get a song. <laughs> And the constructors, I listened to the British Grand Prix podcast we did last year and I had a go at Cockney rhyming slang. And I got it wrong. I'm prepared to, it became like bingo calling, you may recall. I just started doing rhymes. So I've done some concentration on what actual uh, Cockney rhyming slang is. Now, the way it works is it doesn't really rhyme. I've worked out the, the solution. Like a ruby, you, you say I'm going to go for a ruby, which is a. Ruby wax. <laughs> I'm going for a ruby wax. <laughs> what, you're going to have a long, bewildering career? Great. Oh, um. And then, and then write a book. <laughs> yeah. No, a ruby is a curry. 
Uh, going uh, for Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Murray. Murray. I don't know what Ruby Murray is, but yeah. Ruby Murray Curry. So you don't write. It's not the rhyme. It's a rhyme after the rhyme, and you're supposed to know the rhyme. So on that, <laughs> I'm going for a dance. Ferrari. 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 <laughs> dancing, po- dancing Porsche. Prancing horse. Ferrari. <laughs> I'm going for a dance. Dancing Porsche. Um, <laughs> ladies, I'm going to the toilet. Ladies and gents. Mercedes Benz. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd are turning on us. <laughs> I've bought a pun. <laughs> I've bought a pun it. Pun it of raspberries, raspberry fool, Red Bull. <laughs> You're not going to be welcomed back into London after this. <laughs> Spoonful of Benz. <laughs> a spoonful of Benilin. Renault, can't remember why. Right. Um, <laughs> peace be upon you. I'm going for mass. Hass. <laughs> ah, it's not bad, is it? Chicago. Illinois. Chicago is windier. Force <laughs> India. <laughs> My mate Ian has a cousin called Darren. <laughs> McLaren! (laughs) (laughs) I've won it back, it's alright, you've got to try. (laughs) Declaring independence from Serbia. (laughs) Kosovo, Toro Rosovo. (laughs) I'm off for a Streisand. Barbara sounds like. Sauber? No, (laughs) what? (laughs) Really? Was that really it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burying my childhood dreams. It's just Williams. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Doesn't even rhyme. Shit. And that's the standing. So now it is time for the Chica Quiz. So this week it is the return of Yes or Renault. Um, so all you have to do is buzz in and then you get to tell me whether the following statements are true or false. So the Yes or Renault. Um, so we've divided you guys into two teams, captained by these guys. Everyone's got party popper. If one of your team buzz in and get it right, you get a point. But if you get it wrong, the point goes to the other team. I wrote this when I was drunk last night, and it's not very good, okay? <laughs> Apologise in advance. Um, so, number one, Britain is the only country to have held a Grand Prix every year since 1950. Yes or Renault? Oh. This one. Yes. Yes, but there's also, well done, a bonus for the captain. Where else has done this? Italy. Yeah! Oh. Question two. The Queen has been to a motor race. Yes or Renault? Yes? Yes. Renault! Oh! So Get I'll... in! Well done, guys. But... <laughs> For the benefit of listeners, that was one of Terry's audience members that's got it fired off. So which of these companies have sponsored the British Grand Prix? Shell? Santander, Heineken, Rolex. Rolex. 
Shout. No. Oh. Wait, oh. wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's one of my team. Brilliant. Excellent work. Okay, question four. An ex Spice Girl headlined the post race concert this year. Yes or no? Wait. Yes. Good. So, bonus for you, Terry. Which Spice Girl was it? The what? The, 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 the show? Yeah. Oh, I can't be sure, but one of your one of your. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> just just using my knowledge, there was Baby Spice, otherwise known as Emma Bunton. It was Mel C. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> for the benefit of the listeners, one of uh, one of Terry's teammates was doing some very impressive baby signals, which turned out he to be massively wrong. Yearning for offspring. Okay, Silverstone signed a 17-year contract, which means there'll be races there until 2027. Yes or a no? No. I haven't actually got an answer to this. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, no refund. They've exercised the break clause. They've exercised the break clause, which means there won't be race next year unless they do something with Liberty. So it's Renault. It's Renault. Good. You'd have thought this is what made the crowd turn. Going <laughs> 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 to have a fight. No, Silver Side Over next time to break off. <laughs> so that leaves us with the score 3 2 to Terry's team. Yay! Yeah! 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 You storm out now and not Shall speak be... to the press. <laughs> you storm out. All of which leads us to the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. Right. We all hate adverts. The ones that ejaculate over your devices, those pop-up full-screen monstrosities for Viagra, sponsored posts in your Instagram for Thai brides, and those constant emails you get about hunky Pascal Verdine lookalikes covered in Tippex. <laughs> you know, those adverts we all undoubtedly get. Um, but when you're walking down a street and you look up to see some faded, painted 1920s Bovril advert on the side of a building, out pop the cameras and we get a healthy dose of nostalgia for an age that none of us can remember, before we ignore three billboards in a row with Usain Bolt advertising internet speeds because he can run fast. <laughs> Old hand-painted adverts are pretty respectful, and I think we can all agree, if that's what advertising stayed like, then the world would be a better place. Problem is, we can't go back. There's no mechanism to say we prefer things like what they used to be, make adverts great again. So we're stuck with pretend red stars at F1, unskippable YouTube ads, and Philip Bloody Schofield advertising We Buy Any Car Dog. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's what I see Formula One to be like, motorsport in general, in fact. Technology has progressed. Cars are no longer purely mechanical, they're less likely to fail, and they're micromanaged by supercomputers. Football is different, but basically the same game it was in 1986. Formula One is unrecognisable. Aside from four fat tyres on sticks, everything else has changed. The aero's stupid, the runoffs are stupid, the halo is stupid, the stewardings are stupid, the VSC and the DRS, all stupid. But it's just pure knuckleheadery saying, I want it to be like it used to be. The big manufacturers aren't going to go back to the old days when it was a Spitfire engine tied to the back of a horse <laughs> that had to be wrestled by an oiled up aristocrat. We now have super fit, utterly connected drivers pressing all the buttons on the steering wheel at once. How gladiatorial. But don't worry, I have a solution. The teams won't agree. The manufacturers are too important. Cost caps and simple engine regs will get watered down and convoluted to be meaningless. But here is my actual, genuine proposal to make F1 great again. 
a $150 million budget, a bucket full of fuel, a stipulation to have a survival cell, a roll hoop and some cameras, and that's it. The teams make the rest of the car, whether it's a two-winged F1 racer, a Le Mans-style prototype, a fan car or a six-wheeler. Make it more like the wacky races, but only have upgrades every three events. Sometimes one team will be far ahead, sometimes one will never finish, sometimes it will be close, but all the time it will be engineers pushing the boundaries and coming up with unique solutions. And isn't that what Formula One should be? <laughs> the end. Would you not then just get massively aero-reliant cars that would result in people not being able to pass? I mean, <laughs> Phil, if you're going to piss on an idea, do it from a great height. No, come on, think about it. it you, you could then go, oh, God, you're right, isn't it? I've, oh, God, they're terrible. Don't limit the budget. Limit the number of people. Oh. Spend as much as you want. Just you can only have 100 people. That's not a bad idea. You're like one person. <laughs> <laughs> one bloke has to change the tyres, design the car, drive the thing. Basically just Jack Brabham. Is and he's got to be called Darren. <laughs> I think we've solved it. There you go, sorted. Brilliant. Everyone's fixed again. So that is it from us. It's goodbye from Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We've not had time to talk about the London Grand Prix, which, despite the fact that I thought this was quite a good race at Silverstone, Liberty is apparently still, it still wants a London Street Grand Prix, and it's still going to happen, and we haven't had time to talk about it. Good. And it's goodbye to Terry Saunders. We have not had time to talk about the best crash of the weekend, which was Grosjean in practice, who had the DRS fuck up like everyone else and went around the corner. But his excuse, because he loves an excuse, was that the car was wobbling so hard, his finger fell off the button. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to press the (laughs) button. Wanker. So we're going to be back in two weeks' time to discuss the German Grand Prix, safely in a pub, uh, away from you guys. <laughs> in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at for F1's sake. Do not forget to like and review and fawn over us wherever you can and where you get your podcasts. Terry, where do you get garments? You can get garments from www.ff1s.com slash leading forwards shop shop pause for effect hyphen underscore shop do you ever set these up (laughs) yes of course i set them up every time i never set them up (laughs) i did at first because i thought it was funny then you know realized i've got better things to do Thanks for listening and watching, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.